You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Millennial Money. Today, we've got a lot to talk about, and we're super excited to talk about it. We also have a promotion where you can get up to two free stocks with Weeble via the link down below. As long as you deposit $100, use that link down below and get yourself two free stocks. But right now, we got to talk about... Graham, you're getting deleted. What What is happening here? Oh, man. It was... Uh, it's a lot to try to figure out exactly what happened, but uh, thankfully... I have been in communication with um, with YouTube, and they're trying to they're they're trying to find out, or I guess they're trying to tell me exactly what happened. And uh, we don't have any confirmation yet. As of now, it looks like they will not be deleting the channel. They've removed me from being deleted. That that's what I'm being told right now. Waiting for that to actually be confirmed. But most importantly, I, I really want to know what happened what triggered it and once i know what happened we could make sure to avoid it i have a feeling there's a very easy explanation that seems to, there's, there's a few theories that went around there one theory was that uh, and, and quickly, I, I, for anybody yeah. who might not know i yes. just wanted to just say graham got a notification on his dashboard that his channel had been marked for deletion scheduled for july 12th because of spam comments coming from his channel and the theory is that his channel got caught up with impersonators who use, you know, Graham Stefan and then with a little misspelling or an asterisk or something like that. Okay, so now, now you're yeah. trying to figure out why you got flagged. Okay, keep going. Yes, Sorry. correct. Um, which, by the way, if you go down in the comments section within about an hour of posting this, most likely you're going to see a whole bunch of those spam comments from Millennial Money. Uh, none of those are ours, obviously. We don't have WhatsApp that you could text us or anything like that. But... Um, my my initial impression was that uh, there were so many of these spam comments and uh, they all had the same name, the same profile picture, and it was because of that that my account was somehow mixed in with that. Now, YouTube said that that was not the case. They said that that, that was impossible to happen 
every account has its own uh, user ID. So mistaking accounts because of the same username is not going to happen. Um, the one plausible explanation here, and, and again, this is not confirmed. It seems kind of silly, but Kevin, on your video, gosh, m maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, I impersonated one of these, these spam comments as just a joke. And I commented on your channel, Kevin. I think somebody was complaining about all the spammers. And I commented, you know, text, text Mrs. Douglas for, you know, financial advice, like something stupid. And I put at the end, LOL, JK, like at the end of it. Like, so obviously it's a joke. I mean, I made it like really over the top satirical. Um, that was maybe something that somehow triggered it from my own account. Because that was the only thing that was posted from my own account. You're still looking into it, though, to give me a definitive answer what actually happened. If it's that, I mean, gosh, I, it, that would be kind of funny that it's like a satirical post led to my account, you know, being flagged for deletion. We'll see, though. I'll know by the end of the week. We should I test find it. That. I've done I've done some searching. <laughs> I, I bet you it's there. But the problem is every time I search, I just get like 10,000. <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah. So I'll yeah. try harder for you, though. But I, yeah. but uh, because I, I think I remember seeing that too, and I feel like I almost even replied like, "Oh well, they've taken over his actual channel. You know, they I got a check kidding. mark." You know, like it's, it's obviously a joke. Yeah, but it's in the group chat. If you go to our text oh. messages here, I'll I'll send it right now, and you can put it up on screen. You will literally be able to see the uh, the exact comment. That is oh, you comment. found it. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. So that's a different comment. They, oh. they gave me a comment that they say was flagged from my own account. Mm. I looked through my entire account history. That comment does not exist. And the comment style, because every few days, these scammers change up their style. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was, the, that was the joke comment that I made. Uh, I think it must have been like two weeks ago, but I put LOL JK. Huh. I, it was so over the top. It's not even a real number. But the account that, but the comment they said that I made, I looked back. The comment style only appeared six days ago. I would have copied and pasted it as a joke. I didn't do that. That was after my account had been flagged. So I, I don't know what's going on still. But I oh, want to get to the bottom weird. of it. Man. Yeah. Wow. Have, so, you guys noticed, have you guys noticed the bots are kind of getting less now? Like I'm yeah. not getting as many. I'm not getting yeah. as many on my recent videos. Yes, because they, they watch the video. They're smart. They watched my video. So so basically, as soon as I posted, within 10 seconds of the video posting, I got the spam comments. And then after about 30 seconds or so, when they realized the video was about them, they went through and deleted all of their comments, and they stopped commenting on just that video. That was it. On all of my other videos, they're going for it. Jeremy's video, I saw posted 23 minutes before mine. They were going for Jeremy's video. Kevin, your video, they were going for YouTube. Now, they might have reappeared, but that day, that 24 hours, they stopped. Dude, I found the actual comment. Let's see. Like, in, in the chain. Yeah, let me see if I can put it up. So, I think I... Ooh. Okay, how am I going to do this? Sorry, I have to figure out what I'm doing. I almost don't believe it, because I spent probably 30 minutes this morning scrolling through the last, like, two months of my account history. Could not find it. Yeah, I went seven months back. I could not find yeah. anything. I, I have it. I just I just don't know how to put it on screen. Oh come on, Kevin! <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh, Kevin doesn't know I how to put see it up. This. I want to see it because this would actually be if you found if you find that actual comment that they said I made, then 
you'll give me that Tesla tequila back because it's appreciated. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I'll give you a sip. No, 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 dude. Yeah. That was your birthday present. All right, I got it, bro. I got it. Okay, you ready for this? So what, what you said was was enough uh, for me. So here we go. So uh, this was on the uh, the I Quit video. Uh, you said, I'm proud of you, man. You were really nice and supportive, so thank you for that. I'm actually yeah. – I could have sworn I hearted and liked it, so I'll do that right now. Thanks. But anyway, so uh, you, you, know, you even have the bankroll coffee plug here from Harold B., which I'm sure is just another one of your accounts, but we'll heart that one now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if if you you go down here, you actually have to go to uh, see more replies under this conversation. Boom! Oh yeah, yeah. but but that was the that's not the comment that they referenced. I thought you said it was. No, there it that's is. The only comment it. that I found. They said oh. I said this, Kevin. You could uh, you could throw this up too. Okay. This is the comment that they said that I made. Okay. This is it right here. How many of these comments were you doing, Graham? I was doing. I mean, that was that was the only one. And for forty people to like it too. I mean, it was just kind of it was silly. It was a silly little yeah. joke comment. It wasn't meant to be taken seriously. But that but that yeah, was basically it. Yeah, the comment that it. comment that they said I made, and you could put that up on screen too, so people could see what I'm talking about. Oh, those sorry, comments started yeah. appearing six days ago. Every few days they changed their style, so you could almost date when they posted these things by the style of like how they use characters, and you you block certain things, and they'll come up with something else. Mm. So that's the uh, yeah, that's the comment they said I made. Hmm. Oh wow, yeah. And that was from apparently my account, but I couldn't find any comment in the last few months that came from my account like that. Wow. So wow. okay, well, but the good news yeah. is you're not getting deleted right now. Knock, knock on wood. I'm waiting for the uh, the official confirmation, but uh, oh, so I don't I don't I don't want to jinx it until I get the uh, confirmation. Put me through the ringer. All yeah. right. Well, knock on wood, I, man. Yeah. Jeez. And, and then they want a definitive reason what happened, so that that way I know to avoid it. Mm. Yeah, no kidding. That's crazy. Well, yeah. sorry that happened to you. So what else is going on? Is anybody else getting deleted? Uh, Jeremy, have you been deleted for Tattoo Chef? I mean, uh, Andre, are you getting deleted? <laughs> for Bitcoin? For Dogecoin, for all the Dogecoin videos. Actually, Graham, I've been meaning to ask you, how did you get in touch with YouTube? Because that's like an impossible thing. Yeah, uh, so I got reached out from a, uh, 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 what is it? The, it's Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name, it's funny. His name is also Graham. Oh, okay. not. so Graham reached out to me. Uh, he's been phenomenal, by the way. It's a, like creative he's really good. Yeah, he reached out to Kevin too. Uh, it was actually through Kevin that uh, that he reached out to me, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, his name is Graham, and uh, he's part of the creator support team, and has just been ins insanely helpful. So, um, yeah. Okay, calling all Andres who work for YouTube, please. <laughs> yes. Us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now the, uh, the grams we got to stick together. There aren't that many <laughs> grams out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, so how's everyone about, else? Hey, speaking yeah. about getting canceled and um, deleted and things, Kevin, I heard you bought a brand new private jet, man. What's the truth on this situation? <laughs> this private jet. What is this, man? It's on Instagram. What's that all about? Yeah, yeah. So I, I got. Uh, it's really awesome. It's actually a subscription service, and it's so cool because. We were thinking about, oh, we should we should buy a plane because it'd be a big old freaking write-off, right? But the problem is 
those write-offs probably wouldn't end because when you buy a plane, you got to store it somewhere. You got to maintain it. You got to hire a pilot. And then what are they going to be doing while I'm doing millennial money? They're doing nothing. They still got to get paid. Who's going to train them, you know? So we, there, there are these services where, where you can just uh, buy flight hours and they just show up wherever you are. Like, where do you want them? When do you want them? What food do you want on it? Uh, everything. It's is really really incredible, uh, and uh, they make it really easy and it's affordable. Uh, you know, obviously relatively for what it is, uh, and uh, compared to buying one or, or owning one yourself, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's got some serious benefits, especially since we're just flying up and down Cali. We're not using that many hours. I can fly from here to San Diego, and it's like a thirty-five minute flight. I'm not actually burning that many hours. So if somebody, you know, you take the thing from here to Florida, that's stupid. It's going to cost you like seven yeah. grand. That's dumb. Well, but you know, I could go from here to San Diego for like five grand. Wait, what is the actual cost? What is the actual like cost of it? Uh, it's like two hundred and four thousand dollars for twenty-five flight hours. Okay. And uh, twenty-five flight hours, uh, you know. So I figure it's like one hundred thirty-five bucks a minute. And the cool thing about it is $135 a minute, a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) When you put it like that, man, it's like, it's a lot. lot. Yeah. Uh, But the the cool thing is if, if you're trying to, if you're trying to max, look, you got a 74 day campaign or something and you want to maximize weekends to where you could do rallies and do events on weekends. I can, I can fly. To San Francisco, to to uh, Sacramento, to Santa Rosa, or whatever. I can fly around. I could do three events in a day, and, and if I drove, probably only be able to do one event a day uh, because right. the driving is exhausting. It's a lot slower. It wears you out. It's monotonous. You want to take a nap afterwards. This is like it's literally like you're just you're you're going into a little box to eat like steak and sushi oh. and whatever, and and then you get off and you're there. So uh, for the purposes of of being very, very efficient while not being away from my family, being stuck on a bus somewhere. This made a lot of sense. And so I just decided to pick up the bill for that. So that way, whatever people donate to the campaign is not like going to that. Like my company is paying for that. Uh, I take the tax right off on that. But it it allows me to be back uh, and, and able to work with the family. So I love it. Yeah, so Wait, so uh, how many how many people are on there? Because it's so $7,500 an hour, the, the one way. Uh, how many people are on the plane? I mean, really, I mean, I could put on as many as I want uh, within reason, but uh, nobody else is on it. So it's it's two pilots, and yeah. then I got seven to nine seats usually. Uh, but uh, if I wanted to uh, take a multiplier, I could take up to 16 passengers if I wanted to. So, so, this, is, so this works out to about $750 one way per person. Um on a private jet. That's incredible. That's actually a really good value. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, 204 and that includes everything. Correct, Kevin. Yeah. It's everything. It includes the gas, the hangar fees, landing fees, baggage, food. You, you could have champagne every time. Like literally we, we've, we haven't been doing this cause we originally felt bad about it, but, but now it's kind of like you, you could go on and you could kind of just take a bag and like go to the, the alcohol cabinet and just 
watched <laughs> take everything wow. and take it with you if you want it's it's pretty hilarious and they're like please take everything you want like it, what, what order as much food as you want they're, they're just so nice and so wonderful it's, it's really uh, nice. I'll, I'll say i like how you're paying for it out of pocket too because i know like you know if somebody was yeah. donating like oh my paying for kevin to fly around private jet you no know, yeah because I, I don't want people to think that this is like oh it's just it does actually include carbon offsets i see somebody in the comments here yeah but we checked the box for carbon offsetting flights or whatever too wow. but yeah the, the the vision for for me is like because we were originally thinking about oh we should do a campaign bus because that's just what people do or whatever but dude come on man if i drove seven hours from here in a bus to san francisco how am i supposed to be back on monday to do live streams how am i supposed to be back with my family at night i i mean get this we i was gonna fly out at 8 p.m on on sunday on july 4th and i would have missed july 4th right and uh we realized we were done at like 12 30 that we were going to be done earlier we realized it that morning uh, or maybe it was the day before the day before we we're like wait a minute we're gonna be totally done sunday july 4th at like 1 p.m let's book the flight for 1 30. so we call them up we go hey we want to drop off the rental car and we want to take off at 1 30 instead of 8 p.m they're like no problem mr Pafraf. <laughs> it's like oh my god it's wow. so cool so it's like you want to fly out at 2 a.m you got a plane they'll give it to you yeah. whenever you want it's so convenient who who's flying with you uh is it like a whole team or is it just a couple of people yeah, it's, it's a few people. So uh, like our next trip this weekend, we're going to have Lauren uh, to uh, admin help. Uh, we'll have uh, probably two other people as well. So about five people. So it's, it's me and five people. Okay. Where are you going this weekend? This weekend, we're going to do, uh, let's see, we got San Diego Friday night. Then uh, we're going to do Newport Beach, San Bernardino, Santa Monica, and then Ventura. Wow. Do you I want to find a way where I can take you back on the flight. <laughs> do it, dude. I, hey, we, I like, love we're going to fly probably, well, San Diego to Newport, we're going to drive. We're probably going to go Newport to Bernardino. We're going to fly that because that event is going to be on the same day. And if I drive that in traffic through, especially when it gets hotter, uh, I'm, I'm going to be dead when I get there. And I'm just not going to be able to function. So we're just going to fly that. It'll be like a 25 minute flight or whatever. Do you know how much that plane that you're flying in would cost if you just wanted to buy it straight up? Yeah, about eight million dollars. Couldn't you get one for like three or four million? I've seen them go for that low. Yeah, I mean, I actually did a bunch of shopping around, and the stuff that I was finding for three or four million was like stuff that was like from the late '80s, the '90s. You know, sometimes you could get some that were like from the mid 2000s, but mm. then they'd say things like, "Oh, well." This is not on a flight, uh, like a, an engine program. And, and so then you can't finance it. Then you have to pay cash. Or if it is on an engine program, you got to expect to fly the thing for 400 hours a year. Otherwise, it's not going to make sense for you to, to own it. And it's just right. like it was so complicated, so overwhelming. I would love to own one because then I could wrap it. But I really <laughs> have to fly a lot. You just right. want to own one so you can wrap it, man. That's awesome. I want to. I want myself like lying down on it. So when we fly next to another plane, people look out the window oh. and they're like, "Who's that guy lying down in the sky in the clouds?" Dude, could you imagine <laughs> you pull up? You pull up to the same tarmac and park next to GC, and you got a bigger jet. Than <laughs> <laughs> well, that will happen one day, but not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Three years, man. Three years, yeah. and you got them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. The so, amount of tax write-offs I saw though on those things is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you had a big income year and you just wanted to buy one and you had the money, then sure. I mean, buy one because you could buy like a new, 
uh, you know, G550 or, or a big one, right? And and you can drop 40 million on a new, a brand new one. And uh, look, I mean, you're not going to be paying taxes for a few years if you can write that whole thing off. You know? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Andre, did you move in your house or what's going on with that situation? <laughs> it's just perpetually like a week away. <laughs> is that yeah. what it is? <laughs> I can't find anybody to do the backyard. I mean, I, I, it's got like three people ahead of me and they won't start until like mid-August. So. so you can't move in until your backyard is done? I had, no, I had I'm going to move in. No, I'm going to move in. But, months. Uh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll move in next month in August. Yeah, that's the plan. Nothing, nothing crazy other than just little things. It just adds up. It takes forever, and nobody wants to come by the house and work. Everybody's still at home, collecting their uh, their money. So yeah, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody's just collecting all that tattoo chef money, man. But anyways, no. uh, <laughs> all that Dogecoin profit. Yeah, all that Dogecoin oh, money. On, on your on your house, what is it? Just like all the finishes? Is it waiting for parts? Like, is it is it just slower labor? Like, what's the biggest thing? Um, the biggest thing is so right now I have a microwave that's just been sitting there. The fridge that I bought for like eight and a half thousand dollars arrived broken. So I'm waiting oh. for a new compressor to come in. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, so one thing I've learned is even if an appliance that you're buying, let's say for ten thousand dollars, which what which was the fridge brand new, but I bought it for eight and a half thousand dollars. It was a floor model. Never do that. Don't do that. Don't do what I did. You were telling me how great that floor model was the other day. It's great. No, it, <laughs> believe it or not, the fridge has never been used. It's it's legit brand new. No one's ever used it before. And I don't know why, but it arrived with the compressor broken. So the seller gave me a $1,500 refund and it's taken us three weeks to get the parts for the manufacturer. So that's the biggest reason. Um, <laughs> so not worth saving 10% if you're going to wait three months. It's just not worth it. Oh, yeah, well, I waited six months. I had one of those little mini fridges because uh, the manufacturers were so backed up. It no. was impossible. Uh, even getting a washer dryer took us uh, four months, refrigerator six months, and that's across the board. And uh, still, they say it's it's probably going to take another year to a year and a half just for material cost to get back to where they should be. That, wow. It's yep. it's really same same with cars, same with used cars. Eighteen months. So yeah. until then, from now until then, uh, prices and a lot of these things might. Yeah, be have you seen people flipping cars, their old used cars, for more than they bought at? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The trucks. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. People are going into dealerships right now and getting a normal repair, like a service done on their car. And the dealership will say, hey, you bought this car for 30 grand. We'll pay you $35,000 today and we'll get you in this new car. We'll give you $5,000 and you get a new car. They're making money on these flips and they're just leasing out whatever they have. Yeah, what was uh? So we went to your party, Graham, and uh, a friend of yours, Lucky, he said Lucky. the time to buy the car was what was it September? Because that's when the dealers are going to have like an excess yes. inventory of all these cars that they bought from all these people for you know over asking price, and they're going to have to compete I, with the new cars. So I I, I got to hand this. So for those that aren't aware, Lucky, uh, he runs a YouTube channel called Automotive Life, and and he, I mean he, this is his business. So. Uh, I, I almost don't want to say anything that I'm not knowledgeable about, but I would say just as a whole, I can't see how these car companies, and, and maybe I'm wrong, are going to be repossessing, repossessing cars when people have, uh, they, well, I, I guess they, 
they would have the ability to to pay it. I mean, I just I think it's the same thing as the uh, the the uh, evictions or let's say mortgage forbearance, where when you look at the hard statistics, it's like yeah, this is really scary. But when you really look at the details, you're like okay, well historically, two million people are always in perpetual eviction. Seriously, two million people at any given point are in eviction, and, and that's in the good times. That's when the market's going well. Now it's about uh, like you know it's it's about four or five hundred thousand dollars, four or five hundred thousand uh, people more. So it, it went up by twenty five percent, but uh, but still it, it's a big number. So I'm not sure. I have a hard time believing that we're going to see a huge influx of cars anytime soon. Jeez, that, that leads us perfectly into Andre. Explain to us the, how the repo market works. Gosh, you know I've been reading up on it through Reddit and Reddit, the best place to do some uh, some deep research. I cannot understand. I, I legit, maybe I'm just not smart enough. I have tried to go deep down this rabbit hole of the repo market, of the reverse repo market, but the the plumbing of the financial system is so complicated that it's like it goes from one ear and out the other. And I reread <laughs> it like three times and I'm like, I, I, just, I don't understand it. So unless one of you guys can explain it to me, I just don't quite grasp. But anyway, so we, we were what, at $900 billion dollars and then we dropped to like the $700 billion in the reverse repo markets, which I have no idea what that means exactly, but wow. <laughs> Kevin can explain it, I'm sure. Kevin, yeah, Kevin, in less than 60 seconds, explain the repo <laughs> market to us. And like for you, man. Explain like I'm five. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep it just to the bottom line, basically, which is banks, when they have too much money, too much, mm -hmm. too much cash, they have to put it somewhere because there are rules that say, you're a bank. You're not allowed to hoard cash. You must do something with your cash. So they go, okay, we'll put it into money market funds. Oh, but wait, those aren't offering as good of a deal as the Fed is offering. So instead of putting it in money markets, let's put it over here at the Fed overnight. And then in the meantime, we'll take these treasury bonds. And then the next day, we'll swap back. So that way, technically at night, the bank wasn't holding on to the money. That's it. It's, it's, so it's honestly, it's just a symptom of banks having too much cash. That's all it is. And it's partially because if you look, if you overlaid the Treasury Department's reserve account, how much money they have, it's been plummeting. And that's because basically, think about the Treasury Department with all the stimulus opening a fire hose of cash. And, and that's what's going to the banks. <laughs> So you don't think that the, them increasing, what was it, to 0 0.05, they increased the interest rate, so that's what made them all flood the markets, or 0.05% sure. as I had five basis points or something? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a small little increase. Cause, yeah, do you think they, that would cause like a liquidity crisis perhaps, or? There's plenty of cash. I don't see okay. a liquidity crisis at all. There's, there's, there's too much liquidity. <laughs> It's too much cash. Yeah. Okay, okay, Kevin. It, it, you know, because every once in a while you see a you know a popular article blow up on whatever publication about the repo market, and they're like, oh, you know, something scary happened in the repo market. What what are they? What are they? The fears about, and are the fears at all justified in those sorts of situations? Because you see that from time yeah, to time. Sure. In September of 2019, we actually had the opposite happen, and there was too little cash. Because right? <laughs> right now we're talking about reverse repos, then we were talking about the repo market. Uh, right. and, and, and so rates had like skyrocketed to 10%. But basically, bottom line is, yeah, every instance or every circumstance is, is different. Uh, but right now, we got too much money, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've seen that, man. Yeah. I've seen that on the Wall Street Strip. 
why can't banks hold on to cash? Is that to prevent yeah. them from not lending out their money? Well, it's it's actually to force them to lend out their money. It's it's to force them to to place money into the market because the last see banks are the way the 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 government gets money into the system into in, the people right the way we increase lending to businesses is with commercial banks the the way we increase money in the accounts of you and i is with credit cards or margin or whatever uh, and and so there i don't know exactly what the rules are but i do know that banks are required to make sure they're they're putting a certain percentage of their money that they have and not in excess of certain limits into the market. So I don't know exactly what the is, right. but there is no uh, rule. Kevin, I just sent you the graph. Um, mm. Look at the comparison. So this is, I guess, Jeremy, to answer your question, when people are screaming, you know, everything's on fire. So they're comparing the chart that we're seeing today versus what we saw in 2008. And they're saying, look, we are twice as high as we were back then. So what does this mean exactly? Mm. Um, so, yeah, Kevin, I sent you that mm. chart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is this is a, not a good chart for that. But uh, <laughs> I, here, uh, look. Uh, he, so this is this is what you had sent me. And if I no. go all the way back to two thousand eight, you, you don't even really see this. Like the, this this behemoth of of the reverse repo here, uh, solid treasuries and open market. Yeah, it, it doesn't even show up in 2018 or 2008 here. Right? We start expanding. seeing it in 14 here. Yeah. And if I zoom in here, you know, mm -hmm. to where we get, okay, all of a sudden here we have a hoarding of cash maybe by banks again, which we did. Right. We actually right. had a lot of banks drawing down on, on, on whatever opportunities they can to hoard cash because everybody was panicking. Everybody wanted to hoard cash. Uh, and, and now we have so much more money in this system. It's no surprise that as the Treasury Department, look at this. You see this special date right here? This is actually March 31st. Right here, this was actually the end of the SLR requirements, which, which made banks hold more bonds. So they were able to dump bonds and have more cash. And it's no surprise that this perfectly coincides with this increase in repos over here. This is, this is not like like a chart of uh, like Jeremy, you always like to use the, oh, the S&P 500 is overvalued because of the, the, the PE ratio or whatever, right? Like I, I see your videos, you say that and it's great. This is not that kind of chart. This is very, very, very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's good to know. Cause that always, cause it comes up from time to time, you know, and everybody makes mm -hmm. a big deal about it. And uh, go back to Graham, you were asking about, you know, what the rules and regulations are. We, you know, that, that's a whole other deep subject, but I do wonder if some of, the regulation laws came from the Great Recession because I definitely know coming out of that the first few years, you know, as you went to 2010, 2011, the, the talk was the banks aren't lending. And yeah, they say they're giving the banks money, but the banks aren't getting it out there to people. And um, I do wonder if some of this is, uh, you know, back from then and maybe some of these laws and, and regulations came out because they're like, hey, you've got to lend. But then the banks found this way around it and they're like, well, just put money out here overnight. I don't know, man. That, that's a crazy situation, though. But um, let's talk about FANG stocks. So I had an interesting uh, point of view on kind of FANG stocks. So one, obviously, FANG stocks have done pretty pretty well uh, for the most part, right? You know, and FANG stocks, for those not who don't know, Facebook, Apple, uh, Netflix, uh, Amazon, and Google. And, uh, 
those stocks have really benefited massively when you really think about it from the context of the past, you know, 12 to 18 months in Rony Rona, right? Uh, you know, if everybody's at home, they got to use Facebook and Instagram, right? Right. You're going to be in front of your devices or you're watching YouTube videos and things like that. And so you have all this benefit of all these services, right? Everybody was also working from home. So all of a sudden everybody was ordering MacBooks and Macs and all these things, right? And um, all of a sudden now these companies have to comp against these unbelievable numbers. And Wall Street always looks at comps and that's like a big thing, right? And like, for instance, Apple, to use a, a, a specific example here, Apple could potentially have their Mac business go negative. Uh, I could see potentially happening in the back half of this year and maybe even into next year because that whole pull forward of everybody ordering Macs because all of a sudden you work from home goes away. And so it's going to create an interesting dynamic where the FANG stocks kind of control the market, and you know, specifically the NASDAQ. But I, I actually don't think these stocks are going to benefit as much. They're still going to continue to be beasts, let's be honest. But in terms of these unbelievable blowout numbers, it gets really hard for me to see these blowout earnings for those type of stocks. Um, and it's going to be interesting to kind of see potentially a rotation of money into some of these other industries and things like that. I don't know if any of you guys have given any thought to that and how much those companies, Netflix, I mean, you know, if anybody has ever on the board or uh, like, you know, the, the border of potentially getting Netflix, like last year was the year that pushed you to get it. Now, all of a sudden, who's left to get Netflix at this point now? You know what I mean? Maybe some folks internationally, something like that. But like, if you were going to make that decision, you made that decision last year, right? And so, yeah, I don't know how much you, you guys spend, you know, time thinking about that and whatnot, but I thought that was interesting because those are the stocks that most people are invested in, whether they know it or not. Hmm. Gosh, I don't like advertising revenue is probably not going to go away. If anything, I think advertising is is going to continue blowing up. I at least on YouTube is like just a small percentage of people out there really understand even how YouTube ads work or that they're incredibly effective. So, yeah, let's let's ask a, a question. Okay, yeah. Were you making and I'm just talking off YouTube ads. Were you making more money or less money off YouTube ads at this time last year versus this year? I'll tell you personally, I'm making less money. I'm making if you guys want to answer. You're making more? Yeah. Well, from last oh, year, but ask from January. From January. Graham, oh. I think we're all down from January. Oh, oh, yes. oh, from January. Yes. Yes, but Maybe no, no, but, but but if we're talking CPMs, the CPMs are up. Let me take a look. I, I'll, oh, I'll sure. show you right now. Um, yeah, but no, it's, it's ad revenues end because views are down because people are out and about doing things. But I think that that's now they have to make ads more effective. Yeah, I mean, almost everybody I've talked to is seeing a decrease in the amount of advertising revenue. And if you just think well, well, about, I, I think that is what what Graham's saying. He's just saying the individual pay rate on ads might be higher, but the overall net income is lower because less people are watching videos. Uh, yep. Jeremy, what, what you've described is something that. Uh, is is okay. exactly uh, what so, what I've been looking at uh, it, for, for the last few weeks here because you're right. It, what's going to happen is we're we're going to be uh, look. Apple came out with like what was it iPad sales or iMac sales were up like twenty to thirty percent year over year uh, in Q1 2021 here just just you know the last quarter uh, or two quarters ago now. There's no way in 2022. We're going to look back at 2021 and go, oh, wow, we're crushing 2021. It ain't going to happen. And so uh, I've got a lot of options on, on tech right now. And uh, one thing that I'm uh, strategizing on is making sure I escape my options, uh, my call options within the next two or three months 
because I don't even want to get close to Q1 2022. Because when Q1 2022 starts looking back at Q1 2021, forget about it, man. It's going to look like crap. Now, I personally think the same thing is going to happen with inflation, that we're going to look back and go, oh, crap, prices are actually coming down and we're going to see deflation year over year. Kind of like you saying Apple going negative, it's going to be shocking. It's it's totally true. It's it's to me it's the same argument, uh, and uh, I could not agree more. I think that is a big problem. It's something I'm already positioning for, uh, and it's something everybody should be paying attention to because it's going to be a problem. Hmm. Yeah, and the most interesting thing is you're going to have this rotation from you know these stocks to other stocks doing amazing. And by the way, Graham, it's really not about the the ad rates. It's just about what's coming in. You know, the total amount of money, right? YouTube. Uh, and if YouTube was was, you know, everybody was watching YouTube last year and the views are crazy. Revenue is crazy. Now, the expectation from Wall Street is that YouTube's going to keep, yes, having these insane growth rates. And then if YouTube revenue only grows 5% or 10%, all of a sudden now it's like, whoa, what happened to YouTube? No one cares about YouTube anymore. So even if it grows a little bit, it's not even remotely close to that rate. And that's what Wall Street is expecting. Right. So. I just want to make sure that that point's kind of made clear there. But Got then it. you have, yeah, but then you have the travel stocks, uh, the energy sector, right, which has been awful. Like you look at the travel earnings, it's just been, you know, pathetic for the past, you know, four or five, six quarters, obviously, because no one was traveling. The energy sector, awful, because we saw what happened to oil and all those sorts of things. And then also now energy starting to roar. OPEC, I hear they're, they're not going to really, uh, you know, increase uh, supply if not, if they might even decrease. And then you got all this demand coming through. And then with the travels, uh, I mean, my gosh, guys, I've been down the strip two straight weekends. It's a zoo. I'm telling you, I think Vegas is going to put up the biggest June and July in history in terms of gaming revenues in history um, and probably by quite a bit. And so, man, I, it's just like. It's interesting to see how, how fast this is going to kind of rotate. Well, and um, I, I want to know, wait, wait, can you define a little bit more about what you mean with energy? Because like, are you talking about like oil stocks? Or are you talking about like renewables or who, who, yeah, what are you talking about? Mainly oil stocks. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, excitement starting to build in, in the oil space. <laughs> around. Yeah, I know. Exxon Mobil's, the Chevrons. I'm not investing in any of them, but... I mean, you know, if we're talking about $100 plus oil, there's going to be a lot of energy companies that, that benefit from that, right? And um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. And I mean, you know, here, here in Vegas, $4 gas is getting really, really close. I don't know about you out in California, Kevin. What are you guys at right now? No, gas prices are the highest they've been in the last seven years, and they just raised another California income tax on or a California gas tax. They just raised that, so it's like ridiculous out here. You know, it's just add insult to injury at the moment. But we don't need to turn this uh, video into a, an insult of uh, the mismanaged policies of the California government. Because I got plenty of videos on that. Uh, but but uh, what where I will differ with you is I personally think that uh, recovery stocks uh, like what you're talking about travel are, are potentially uh overpriced that yeah y'all have have priced in way too much growth and yeah you're gonna have bang up numbers but they're not going to be as high as wall street's expecting and yeah wall street is going to start expecting that those q1 comps are going to suck for 2022 on tech but i'll tell you if we go into in my opinion and this is very very 50 50 right now you either believe inflation is coming or not it's like hottest debate ever right half will be right half will be wrong but i think if we get lower this lower inflation next year that you know and and all of a sudden 
recovery stocks are coming in at expectations or less, then <laughs> those aren't going to be exciting. People are going to be looking at growth and they're going to be like, I don't care. We're in, a, in a, an economy that's growing slower than maybe we expected or we had their growth and now it's over. Let's be where there is growth. And that is growth. <laughs> so. mm. Do you guys think the media is going to make it worse in Q1 of 2022? And they'll be like, oh, the world's falling apart. We're going down in comparison of Q1 in 2021. It's going to be like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Every and they're going to overlay it with charts of 1929. Right, and right. Like, Look at this. It's right. following the same pattern. It's about to crash. Michael right, Burry so is going to be on Twitter. Titan away. <laughs> yeah. Graham, well, I will say, yeah. Yeah, I will say right now, and uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, especially you, Kevin. I've been trying to figure out the next, like the next big investment because I'm sitting on mm. a lot of cash right now that mm. I should be putting in the market, but uh, I can't help but feel like there's a better opportunity out there, and I, and I think I know it. Uh, I started doing a lot of research on this uh, on Sunday, and I have to say, the more research I do on this, the more I like it. The oh, no. one thing that has not oh. uh, gone up in price as much as it should. Don't rents. Say. Rents. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Rental prices. I'm kidding. Listen. And, and, uh, he wants uh, to buy a syndicate. No. But, dude, but listen to this. What's crazy is that in the wealthiest cities, and uh, okay, listen, I'm, I'm just giving you the facts here. In the wealthiest cities, home prices have gone up at a record rate, and rental yeah. prices have dropped at a record rate. That doesn't make sense to me how housing values could go up 20%. And rents could decline 15%. How, do, how does that make any sense? And especially yeah, when you get all these institutional buyers I mean, buying big apartment buildings, I think they're betting. They're not betting on real estate value. They don't care about real estate values. They care about rental values. And I think they think right now that rents are undervalued relative to how much a lot of these are selling for. That's what I think. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Mm. 
I mean, it's interesting. You make an interesting point. It's one to think about. Real estate uh, nationally, because you were talking about wealthy cities. Nationally, rental prices are up 5%. Home prices are up 20%. So you're right. right. There's this huge disparity, right? Like yes. why is rent not going up as much as home prices are? That is correct. Uh, and it is weird. Personally, uh, I believe it, it is, it's not a cause or it's not a result of rents lagging. It's actually because of us having so much money that we're like, oh, I got to park it somewhere. I'll just take a lower rate of return on my real estate and I'll go buy plowed in real estate. The last thing I want to think about right now is real estate. I just did a video today uh, where I'm looking at pending home sales, all of a sudden U-turning in the last four weeks. And now I'm starting to get nervous that we're going to get a drying up yeah. of buyers who are just you like, I've had it. Here's the thing. Here's the th but, but we have to separate two things. We have to separate single family. We have to separate 10 units and under and 15 units and higher. I'm looking at specifically, let's say 15 to 30 units. We're not competing. You're not competing with, with you know, the, the mom and pop landlords out there who sure want to cash. No, no, it's, I totally think you are because uh, it, look, I told I, I don't I don't want to be confrontational or whatever. Just, yeah, my no, no, no. I, I want to get your opinion. So my, my opinion is that it, yeah. look, when people are shopping for for a home, uh, the market is is efficient, and the people want to look for a place to live. Uh, the they will compare. Does it make sense for me to pay two thousand five hundred dollars for a house per month? Or should I live in an apartment for $2,000 a month? Okay, well, there's some give and take there. If all of a sudden the house is renting for $4,500 a month and the apartment's $2,000 a month, well, people are going to rent the apartment and the price of the apartment will go back up to the point where that equilibrium exists again. So I, I don't believe that there's this huge disparity between, oh, well, I mean, that's a 100-unit apartment building and that's a single-family house. I don't believe that as much. Now, could there be some skew in the market because of COVID and people not wanting to have lived in larger units together because they don't want to be in elevators together. They don't want to share laundry rooms and pools together. That argument I, I could see having some impact on what you're saying. I, I just believe that development right now would take 10 years just to, just to meet the current demand. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are priced out of the housing market. There's simply not yes. enough inventory out there. Interest rates at some point will start going up. I just yeah. believe that an apartment building is probably a smart use of cash, just knowing that, especially in Nevada or places like Utah or Idaho, they're getting a big influx from other states. And there's just, they simply can't build enough. And for a lot of developers right now, it it's not that. It, it doesn't seem like it's that profitable to build an apartment building. They would much rather mm -hmm. build these, these housing complexes and sell them all off. They don't want to be landlords. You sure. know, it's just, I get it, what you're saying. Like there's the right opportunity for the next year in apartments. So you want to go buy a hundred unit apartment building because everybody else is doing that right now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Exactly. Well, could, it, could it be, you know, also, I mean, you think about it from this context, uh, you know, insanely low interest rates. Uh, people with jobs for the most part, and maybe there's just a lot more dang demand for people buying a house rather than renting. Maybe there's just a lot of people that just don't want to rent right now or not interested in renting and just want to buy. Um, 
you know, so I don't know. That's just I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. But I, we do know interest rates have been incredibly low, and most people have a job, you know, that are that are that bunch that are buying the houses, right, and have the income track record to do it. And then if you are flush with cash, which we know people are way too flush with cash right now, right? Yeah. Then why not go buy a house? And so that that takes you out of the rental market, and all of a sudden now you're a homeowner, and it makes home prices skyrocket. But now you're not a right. rental anymore. And um, so no, that's an interesting argument. It's very interesting. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about it. I suppose if look, let me put it this way: if maybe I got to look at it, but there's nothing really attractive to me in the stock market right now. So in fairness, if we're talking about now comparing opportunities, maybe you're on to something because I'm looking at stocks right now, and and even even crypto, I'm like waiting. I'm yeah. sitting around going, I don't really want to buy anything. In fact. I just used up like 450 grand of, of collateral that I'd have as possible buying power to buy stocks, to not buy stocks, but instead to sell puts just to take some extra cash. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, worst case scenario, I'll have to buy those stocks at a big discount now. But it's just like, I'm not interested in buying shares right now because nothing's looking like a good deal right now. Like May was great. I could go shopping for days in May. Now it's all expensive again. So, hey, yeah. maybe, maybe when we look at it that way, look. Kevin, I would love I would love for you to spend a few hours looking into this. Uh, I gotta okay. say, inventory it, it's hard because it's 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 so weird for apartment building. Either you get the ones that are like four million and below, or yeah. they're twenty five million and above. There's very little between like the five to fifteen million dollar price point that makes it hmm. very difficult to look at. But uh, I gotta say, there there was one in Utah that looked interesting. I just I have no idea about the area. I mean, it, I just started looking. But this would be something, by the Which, way. If, yeah, don't don't tell, don't say where. Yeah, but, I'm not. I'm uh, not. If, but what, if you guys what? wanted to partner on this, I think it would be very okay. fun. I I will do this. I I would love to see it uh, because maybe I'm not giving you a fair shake. And uh, let's let me look at the deal. And uh, yeah, I I you know ha happy to try to see what I'm what I'm missing because. Uh, you know, in fairness, I haven't looked at big deals in probably six months and the stock Neither market was very different. Yeah, you know, so. I. I, this just started a few days ago and I started looking into okay. this about rising rents okay. and that just got me down the rabbit hole. And uh, listen, it's a good way to hedge, by the way, uh, California. It's like uh, if, if people are leaving California, you go to the areas where people are moving to. And at least that like that'll make up for everything else. I mean, hey, you know what? Look, yeah. the logic makes sense i mean we we know we love real estate because you can finance it you get leveraged appreciation it's safe you get big fat tax write-offs exactly. in doing so yeah. uh, i mean like and, and what you're saying about rents you're not wrong man send it over man i'll, I'll take a look maybe i was too negative yeah. initially and and last thing interest rates i uh, i think yeah. we have one last hurrah where you could go and take out a loan at like 3.3 percent you know i don't know for mm. commercial it's probably high threes but Still, yeah. I remember a long time ago when I looked at commercial, I was getting quotes at like 4.95%. And that's when residential was like three and a half. So okay. now it's almost the same thing on a 20-year loan. So, well, but like for the ordinary person watching this who doesn't have like three to five million to buy an apartment <laughs> complex, is there a... So I'm, I'm trying to start a new series because I'm not the real estate guy. I know very little about you know the real estate market. So I'm going to try to do a flip with a very small property, so maybe like oh, a two dollars property, I, just, just for we, the just for the experience and just to try it out. That's it. You don't do that for the experience. 
you listen, well, no, I'm not doing, it alone. I'm not doing this alone. No, I'm not doing this alone. I'm doing it with the guys that, that are uh, doing my house that are, um, their business is just flips and they do incredibly well here in town. Okay. So I'm just partnering what, with them. So you're going to be the money behind it and they're going to do how, how is that structure? It's a 50, 50. So it's kind of like, you know, they're taking care of the actual renovations and the upgrades. We'll buy it and then sell it. And the idea is to buy it and then sell it within three months. Two to three months. Mm. Yeah. All right. Sounds like sounds like you guys have too much money. So let me pitch you a stock. I need tax write offs, please. Yeah. How is that chandelier, right. Jeremy? Look at look at Jeremy's new chandelier. Oh, five foot ceilings. <laughs> nice. He's still hanging. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. So you guys got too much money. That's what we came. No. So seriously, guys, I, I was thinking about something. I was like. If you really want to gauge if people have too much money on their hands, look at gambling revenues. I was really thinking about this in Vegas, right? In Vegas, you know, it peaked out in 2007, right before the Great Recession. Um, right now, uh, I believe in May, Vegas had the strongest gambling revenues in the history of Las Vegas for the, for that month of May. Uh, I, like I said, I'm pretty, pretty confident that June and July are going to break records as well. And if you look at Macau, Macau gambling revenues peaked in 2014 when the Chinese economy was on fire and it was just ridiculous. And then the you know thing in Macau started to slow. And sure enough, the entire Chinese economy started to slow really in a big way in 2015 going into 2016. And a lot of people, you know, are, don't even believe a lot of the Chinese numbers or whatnot out of there. And uh, I, I just think that's a that's a really good, um, you know, kind of way of seeing like, you know, if there, there's too much money in the system. Because think about it, if, you, if you're hard on money, you don't usually gamble, right? Unless you have like a gambling addiction or something like that. Like most people aren't like, I'm struggling. So let's go to Vegas and gamble at the casino or let's go to Macau and let's go gambling, right? It's usually when you're, you're you're feeling really really confident about the financial situation you're in, and and you just got that type of money to go do it, right? I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. We might be going through just a period of people's you know pent up demand, and the people are bored. They're staying at home, and they're just like, "What do I do?" And they're just yeah. Vegas no. could be a vacation destination. So that's the thing well, is separating. Like if people are just out on a vacation, maybe they just go to Vegas. They put twenty dollars in the slots, and they have a good time. But but I but I will admit for Jeremy. We've gone to a few of the casinos over there. You could barely get a table right now. It is, even on a weekday. We went on, I think it was like a Thursday or something, and just the table. Yeah, we go almost every day, you and me, Graham. Yeah, almost every day we go. And we finish up YouTube, and we go to the casino. But yeah, that's what's like, Hey, Graham, are you done your video yet? Let's go, man. we got to get those horses, man. <laughs> we found no, this game. We found this, uh, uh, what is it? It's at Resorts World, uh, just oh, for the 30 seconds. It's this horse racing game at Resorts World that is so much fun. I put $5 in and I got like $200 back. I cashed out, walked away. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. But, yeah. The, but the thing is like Vegas, usually busy. Like occupancy for the most part is usually busy, but gambling revenue is not usually there because a lot of people will come to Vegas, they want to do a trip, but they're not feeling so good that they're willing to go gamble. But the gambling parts where things are interesting, because if you look at occupancy, it's not like occupancy in the rooms is massively up over previous years. It's just all of a sudden now people want to gamble. And like I said, when it comes to gambling and, and that money activity, usually it's because you're feeling extremely confident about your financial situation. So that's where I think you know things might might be a little different. If you're coming on a budget, 
you know, in the past, it might have been like, well, we got a certain amount to spend at restaurants, certain amount to spend at a club or, or pools or whatever. Um, so I don't know. It's just a theory. It's not something that's big. I just think it's interesting to kind of watch um, because, mm. you know, I saw it. I saw it play out in Vegas in the past and I saw it play out in Macau in, in 2014. And then also in the Chinese numbers really started to fall. And then Macau got really ugly in the 2015 and 2016. So, um, Jeremy, you like, forget, forget about the Big Mac index. Let's talk about the casino gambling <laughs> index. <laughs> the, the Big Mac index. Yeah. And Kevin, I've done a lot of more thinking about your inflation um, argument in, in terms of next year. And I think it makes Ooh. a lot of sense that, you know, I don't know if I'm all the way on board as far as seeing deflation next year, but it definitely makes sense as far as like, you know, this crazy amount of inflation we've seen. Maybe we don't see that next year. Um, maybe it slows in a massive, massive way. So I, I've done some thinking about what you said. I think it was in last week's episode, and I think it makes actually a lot of sense as far as that goes. So, oh well, thanks, man. I'm 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 gonna get back into Tattoo Chef now. Oh yes, <laughs> I said what I had to to get you back in. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, look, look. It's it's what's crazy is what what matters a lot is how do we how do we invest the best going forward. And that's that's the hard thing, right? It's 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 so it's it's interesting what you're saying about Vegas. Like I'm listening so closely to this because I really believe that recovery shot up too much. But I'm listening to what you're saying, and, and you get me thinking. Like I don't know. I mean, of course, it's always possible we could be wrong. And and so I'm I'm thinking to myself, is is win still a buy? Is this a buy the dip environment on recovery yeah. or not? Personally, I've been looking at the numbers go down for like Cheesecake Factory, Dave and Buster's, you know, Win. These guys are going down, and and I'm purposely not buying them because I th I think there's more room to go down. But I don't know. Well, and and so for the gambling industry, it's a little different. So a stock like Win, you know, Cheesecake Factory can only fit so many people in their restaurant, right? And mm -hmm. average ticket's going to be about what average ticket's going to be, right? With a, with a company like Win or Las Vegas Sands, because of the gambling aspect, I mean, you're talking about the numbers can be swayed so much. I mean, one one guy comes in and loses 10 mil in a weekend. Now all of a sudden, you, you know, your earnings are looking way better than expected. UPS blows everybody out of the water, right? And so that's where things differ, and and you kind of get these wild cards with with the Vegas environment. But stocks like Win can be insanely volatile. You know, I watched that stock go from. Uh, 50 bucks to 240 in a matter of about two year span. And I watched it in another two year span go from 240 to 50 bucks. So, um, yeah. and right now it's in, in the hundred something dollar range. And, you know, it, it's hard it for me that, to see that one go to 200. Plus. It was at $63 in just March. It's back up to 117. What at happened? The, at, at, yeah. At the lows, Andre, I believe it hit $35 on an intraday in March, uh, if I recall. And I remember looking and being like when is that 35 dollars?" and i didn't buy on that particular day because i was scared as crap as well because i was in the midst of like the true roni ronan panic right and i mm. remember seeing win at 35 and i was just like oh. but it was scary man it was you scary you already own kind of win don't you you yeah pretty good position yeah yeah it's a, yeah it's a pretty good size and that was the same day i believe uber hit 14 dollars a share on that day um if i recall that, that yeah. was just and i gotta say too we were at the uh, the cosmo the other night for dinner and the restaurant that we went to packed in extra tables because uh, they wanted to fit more people. I have never seen it where it's like there was like this much space for the waiter to like walk by tables. They probably squeed an extra three tables in because it was so busy. Seriously. And we had to park on like P5, like the very bottom level. And even that was difficult to find a parking space because the entire thing was packed. Lot full, lot full, lot full. I mean, it's busy. 
As we're talking right now, Kevin's secretly looking at the camera, but he's actually putting in call options on winning MGM right now in Las Vegas Sands. We just we just don't know it, man. See, he's buying Caesars. Uh, one, one thing I'm not doing now, while I while I would be interested in buying shares, I, I'm staying away from calls because the uncertainty for me is is too high in like everything right now. I'm just not like, how much are those Q1 comps going to screw tech and consumer discretionaries? Are mm. uh, recovery earnings going to come in higher than expected or lower than expected? I don't know. I just I just want shares. Get me out of calls. Uh, let me sell calls and let me sell puts all day long. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more just just give me shares. Let me chill. Mm. How do you guys feel about, uh, you know, we, we were talking a little bit earlier about $4 potential gas around the country and maybe even goes up higher over the next few months. Do you guys think that's a psychological level that it's going to make more and more people start to consider EVs uh, because of that, that $4, $5 level, let's say, for instance, do some people started saying, man, damn, uh, this gas price is getting substantial. Maybe, maybe I get an EV. Do you think that's at all a play or not really? Not until EVs become more affordable, I feel like, right? Because what's the minimum? Like 40K entrance? About there. Yeah, 40K. I don't know. I think that's probably out of reach for most people as an average car purchase right now. But I don't know. My Chevron stock's doing really well, though. You guys hate it. As a value (laughs) investor, I was just buying it when everything was just dropping and COVID. Yeah. So it paid off. Dang. Okay. What about you, Graham? Let's say you, you were never went to YouTube. You were still doing real estate. Would you consider, let's say gas in LA is $5 a gallon. Would that make you consider, dang, maybe I'll get a Tesla or run the numbers or something or not really? It, it, it depends. Uh, for me, I remember when gas did end up going up a lot and I was really in a savings mode. The Prius made the most sense financially. Mm-hmm. It was um, less than half the cost. It, it would have been less than, less than half the cost of what a Tesla was. And I think the first Prius I bought was like seven grand and that got like 50 miles a gallon, 45. So I don't know. I would be very tempted by some really efficient hybrids right now. And it's just a cost thing. And uh, it's also, I I think the range is not quite there. Like I, I wouldn't get another Tesla right now because I want 500 mile range and I can't get that in a car quite yet with electric. How many miles would you put on, let's say, in an average day uh, back in the day in real estate? Like 50, 100, more than 100? Uh, depends on the day. Some days were honestly zero. Other days could probably be about 150. I mean, if I'm truly wow. driving around town, like driving far back, probably mm-hmm. 150 is probably the max. What about but- you, Kevin, back in the day, you know, for, for your, your mileage on, on a given day? Well, I also bought a Prius around the same yeah, time that Graham did right. before I ever knew Graham. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bought mine in February of 2011. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, look, uh, mileage, real estate. I mean, if I drove an average of 30 miles a day, 30, 40 miles a day, that was a lot. Yeah, I guess I didn't drive far here. Ventura wow. County, I didn't have to drive far. That's probably an average. Uh, right now, it's way lower than that <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean you now. <laughs> I, personally when I, I bought my prius a few years after i bought it i kind of felt like i bought a twenty thousand dollar camry and then i prepaid fifteen thousand dollars worth of gas for the hybrid purpose like the, the it was very expensive to have hybrid uh now graham did a great job he bought used uh, yeah. i bought new 
and and that was you know i mean in hindsight look i had the car for six and a half years that's pretty good uh but uh yeah i mean that would have made more sense but i did have that a little bit of that regret after the fact like i just feel like i prepaid like i wanted to save at the pump i feel like i prepaid <laughs> <laughs> well you can never compare your, your you know the price you paid to anything graham got because graham mm -hmm. you know if it's if it's anything more than free yeah. he's questioning it to be honest <laughs> Devin has a point though the Camry I think when you look at the value of what you get for a Camry it's it's good the the yeah. Prius I think has good resale I'm not, I'm not sure now but it had good resale so whatever you were spending you would recoup a lot of that but geez like a, a six to seven year old Camry gets pretty much 95 percent of the same thing for way less that's so crazy I had a I had a Prius in 2014 that I bought why do we all have Priuses that's and then amazing. our our family car, we still have it to this day. So I leased it originally, and then we purchased it at the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, now we're driving a Corolla. My girlfriend has a Toyota Corolla, so we're sharing that. That was a used we bought 2017 for like 12,000 with like 17,000 miles on it, which Good was great. Yeah. yeah. I just want to so, be but clear. Yeah, I mean, look, I think. I've never owned a, a Prius. I just want to be clear about that. Um, <laughs> I'm the cool kid. Nothing, nothing but uh, Lamborghinis and uh, Teslas. That's about it. Right. But anyways, go ahead, Kevin. I just want to make yeah, that to, clear. To your point, man, uh, Lloyd, I, I mean, I, I do think there is a level of customer who will buy an EV when gas prices are 4 or $5. Uh, I think Andre's right in saying, though, that that doesn't help poor people. That doesn't help somebody who's actually regressively getting taxed more by having higher gas costs. Uh, this is why it wouldn't shock me for, uh, for for us to see some of our strategic oil reserve get dumped onto the market from the United States, which is part of talks already. Uh, that, that'll lower co the cost of uh, oil. And then we'll see OPEC come to an agreement once Russia and them figure it out, especially if Iran starts pumping oil. Uh, you know, it's... All these oil like shocks and crises, they don't last long. They end up coming to a deal, and I expect oil to plummet. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see forty to fifty dollar a barrel again within the next six to eight months. Hmm. Uh, we'll see. I mean, what frustrates a lot of people, Kevin, is um, you know, like you know, a lot of working folks is, is they they look at it and they say, okay, wait a minute, you know, uh, this is like my dad's line. He's like wait a minute gas was four dollars a gallon back when oil was 110 120 dollars a barrel right and mm. now all of a sudden it's four dollars a gallon and oil's at 70 something dollars a barrel and they're like how how does this work why am i paying this price at the pump when this was back you know and, and the oil price is so different and it frustrates yeah. a lot of people because they don't understand a lot of times it comes down to like you were saying taxes the cities and states yeah. are just levying on man and it, it well just, look at California is a quick example. They now mandate two fuel blends. There's a winter blend and there's a summer blend. They have more regulations that come out every single year on the truckers. What do you think more regulation does? Somebody's paying for it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of regulation, did you guys see that Brad Sherman is trying to ban Bitcoin again? I don't even no. know who that is. Who is that? Yeah, he's a sure. California congressman. Uh, uh, is a Democrat who's trying to ban Bitcoin. He tried to ban it, I think, in 2018, 2019. And oh, yeah. he's getting he's getting a lot of money from some of the credit card companies Thanks. and banks. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of an interesting. Uh, yeah. You guys think uh, Bitcoin is going to get some favorable regulation this year? Maybe next year, get that ETF approved? 
Yes. Probably going to be about a year. That's what I think. I think they have so many other things that they're working on right now that a crypto ETF is not on their priority list. What what makes you say a year? Uh, just a guess because they they've already the SEC has already come out and said that this year it seems like they have no intention of moving forward with the Bitcoin ETF or any sort mm. of crypto ETF. They want to focus mm. on the Robinhood issues. They want to focus on uh, momentum stocks. I, I guess we no meme stock momentum stocks. Um, uh, issues around uh, the gamification of stock trading. They want to focus on that first before they do a, B a Bitcoin ETF. Mm. Okay. Hey, uh, more time to buy a crypto is the way I look at right. it. Like, uh, I, mean, I mean, to me, it's it's inevitable. But I do think it's possible that crypto could trade sideways even for a couple of years. Now, people hear me yeah. say that, I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck, like. No, for that's me, true. It's a buying opportunity, man. I agree with you. I can see us going sideways for a few years too. That's just what we do. Yeah. We're getting in that cycle. I can see us staying at the thirty thousand dollar range for a year or two, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody sent me a message in in the private stock group last night that was so interesting, and I was like, I've never heard anybody say this before or or think of this. But they were talking in terms of, oh man, I wish I had the message. They were talking in terms of like crypto being deflationary. And uh, maybe the government actually liking it because it adds some deflation to the economy. So the, their argument was kind of like, you know, you, you buy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a way, you know, I, I wish I had the message because I might screw up exactly what they said. It was so yeah. awesome. like you trade your money for crypto. Right. And more cryptos are made. Uh, more cryptos are created. You're trading your money for that. And it kind of takes money out of circulation a little bit because you're trading that money into buying a crypto. I don't know. It, I, like I said, I might have screwed up their whole thing. They probably had a brilliant uh, look at it. But I was like, I, I never really thought of it like that, you know. But if you do trade your 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 dollars for, let's say, Bitcoin, you buy $100,000 worth of Bitcoin. Well, now you got Bitcoin instead of $100,000 cash. But then I was like, well, somebody else got that $100,000 cash. So it didn't really take it out of the money supply. So I was like, I don't know. Unless, unless they mean like Bitcoin is just kind of acting as like a vacuum and it's just absorbing all this fiat money, right? So as it's like soaking up the fiat money that we're making or that that's outstanding in the economy, it's just inflating the price of Bitcoin. So I don't know if that's what they meant or. Yeah, I don't know. There was an argument they were making around it being kind of like a deflationary thing, though. Um, I, I mean, I can see that. this if if people take their their cash uh, and I don't have it as cash and I, I put it into crypto. Uh, and I keep it there as a savings. It's my version of savings, but I see it as a savings slash investment. So it's a pseudo both, right? Then then that's less cash that I have. Uh, and, and maybe I'm less likely to spend that because money and savings, like cash on my table, this money here is more likely to be spent than crypto that I have invested somewhere, right? Uh, that could reduce the velocity of money, which could create more inflation. I I that that I, I understand. I, I could see an argument there. Where I where they lose me is if there's this connection between the government liking crypto because it's deflationary. I don't think the government needs more deflationary suggestions. Now I, I know fifty percent of people will agree with this, fifty percent won't. I get this is very divisive. But I think we got enough deflation. Aging population, technology going through the roof, people spending money less already as is not even considering crypto. we got enough deflation we got enough okay like we're we're doing all this money printing and i think in a few years we're gonna look back and go 
oh my gosh, we printed like 30% of all the money in the world. We had no, well, either the game is rigged or we really are in a massively deflationary era. And all the money printing is just keeping us far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. We need more. <laughs> but yes, yes. Yeah, that, that is the theory, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I could I could see kind of that, that argument. You know, I'm going to have to relook over the message. But yeah, the, the argument around, you know, like Graham, you were earlier, you were talking about having too much cash, right? Let's say you buy, you know, you put a bunch of that cash into Bitcoin, you know, I highly doubt you're going to sell your Bitcoin unless really you you need cash, right? And so it kind of takes that money out of there versus if it's in your bank account, you're much more likely to spend it or invest it in houses and then spend a bunch of money, uh, you know, at Home Depot and Lowe's and contractors and all those things, right? That goes into the economy versus just stuck over there in Bitcoin doing nothing because Bitcoin does nothing. Hold on. When I mentioned flipping real estate, you guys like shut me down in a second. Hold on. You got to you got to explain. Well, why was that a bad idea? Us? Yeah. You guys were like, oh, well, I, think Graham, Graham, I think Graham and I heard it's something very different from what's actually happening. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. we heard, mm. I'm going to try flipping real estate because it's fun. Oh, and no, that's no. a very, 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 very different oh, yeah. thing from Correct. you're going to do 50 50 partners with contractors who know right. what they're doing. And they do Kevin, had, let me ask you this, Kevin. Have you ever had a good experience or have heard of anyone having a good experience? partnering with a contractor on a flip i'd be uh, curious you lost me at partnering yeah especially yeah. in real estate it's All like right. yo i want the 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 doorknob suite discount look andre one advice if you're gonna do it like you're gonna mm. partner and they're mm. the contractors look make sure your responsibilities are very clear one person picks all the designs one person makes all the decisions that's it that's it. One person has right. executive power over everything because as soon as you get two cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> right. That much I figured. Well, like I said, they have the experience and they know what they're doing. So I'm not going to show up and be so like, no, wait, you guys don't know what you're doing. This is what you should do. Did they come to you with the deal or how did this, yeah. how did this work? They did. Yeah. So they're the guys that are working on my house right now. And uh, yeah, they have just a ton of experience. And I was like, Hey, why don't we partner up and, um, you guys show me how it's done and I'm going to make a YouTube video about it. And it's kind of like a series about kind of like an amateur yeah. new investor learns how to flip real estate. And I think that's kind of a yeah. fun journey where I'm just learning along. I'm just thinking you're taking more risk because I mean, at the end of the day, like you're buying the property and they're buying, they're, they're basically paying for the finishes and the work. No, so it would I- be 50, 50 for, for everything. How does Finance. that? But so you're paying them for their labor. Their labor is worth something. I mean, that's you're you're paying them their rate for labor. No. So the loan we take yeah. out would be based on the purchase price plus the whatever the remodel would cost, and then we split that loan and whatever profit afterwards we split as well. How are you splitting a loan? Who's who's? Are you getting like a short term bridge loan on that, or are you just doing? No, we put twenty. Here? No, we put twenty percent down, and then we split the twenty percent on a six month loan. Uh, gosh, yeah, probably it's, like a hard money loan. Yeah. It's expensive. I'm just saying there's, no, there's, it's there's not that expensive. You're only, you're only keeping it for two or three months. That's not expensive. Yeah. That's but they, the they, they here's the, the thing. They'll take upfront. Those lenders aren't, aren't stupid. I mean, they're not going to be like, hey, we'll charge you 20%, but since you're only for, you know, six weeks, they'll charge you like two to 5% sometimes upfront as an origination fee. It's, it's wild. I mean, these hard money lenders, 
you're so sophisticated and uh right but this is not a one-time purchase this yeah right but these guys are doing massive amounts of volume so they have built-in relationships with these hard money lenders so it's not like oh we don't know you here's an origination fee it doesn't really work like that yeah kevin what do you think i i guess we've just been through the ringer with real estate so many times i just want (laughs) to know why you don't like if you want to do this why don't you just buy the property yourself and have them do the work on it if the numbers make sense let let you do the deal and they can do the work and then you rent it out and then don't sell it and then keep it and then build your portfolio or figure out and tell me why pending home sales all of a sudden are plummeting in the last four weeks and tell me if it's something else we have to be yeah, concerned here's about. Here's the thing, Andre, too. <laughs> like, if, if it's for video content, I have to say, and Kevin can back me up on this one, my real estate renovation videos are tens out of tens. Consistent. They're, they're the worst mm-hmm. performing videos. You have a small subset that love those videos. Right, yes. Well, they go crazy. And I enjoy them because I like the consistent content, but just – when you look at like the value of your time and what you're putting in and what you what you could be providing to your audience, um, it's it's extremely skewed. Uh, well, uh, I can see that. I, I can see that aspect of it for sure. You're you're right. Uh, th- those do not as well for me either. I've done them before. <laughs> oh yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, the one that is the best fun. is when it's so finished. One yeah. one video when it's finished. Here's the here's the final result. Right. Always great. So, but hey, three months from now, we can do another episode and you might be like, see, I told you so. You're an idiot, Andre. Or it might be like, well, I got to make some money and got to make some content. I don't. I guess we'll see. I think you misspoke six months from now, but okay. <laughs> six months? Do you think it's going to take that long to sell? All right. I think it's going to take well, that long to remodel. I th- if, if you were to put the it's... home on the market today, you would have multiple offers and you could probably close within 30 days with right. someone really solid. My thing is just like your refrigerator part, it's the renovation. It's the waiting for some silly faucet. It's it's something you're never going to think about now. It's going right. to come up. Oh, the AC units. It's or or here's here's what's going to happen. It's going to be three months to get a part that costs seven hundred bucks. Or you could spend two thousand dollars now and get it today. And just well, the good throughout everything. Right. Well, the good thing is it's a very small property. It's like twelve hundred square feet. So it's not like a, a massive house. That's that's the only difference. But yeah, I could see that being t- like just taking forever, especially in this market. And who knows, maybe in three months, it will be a very different market than it is today. Yeah. And by then maybe we'll have inventory. Maybe we'll have a Let higher. Let me ask you this. I don't know. Well, how much is the property? Uh, it's two fifty, I believe. How much do they want to spend fixing it up? Uh, I want to say like twenty grand, maybe. No, no way. Your licensed contract, your friends are going to fix More. up a, a, a $250,000. No, maybe, like, maybe, maybe 30 or 40 grand. We haven't talked about the numbers specifically, but no, I'll say yeah, yeah, for that. How much is it yeah. worth? Yeah. Again, we haven't really talked about the details specifically. This like sell, sell price, ballpark. How much do you think? Let's say 40. No, no, no. Like, like how much are you going to sell it for? Like 400 grand, 500 grand? I have no idea. I don't know the oh. numbers yet. Okay. I can't send us you. those, you know, because here's my, my thinking. Okay, so no. say it was a 400 grand house, just really quickly. 400 sure. grand house, not, you got selling yeah, costs that'll bring you down to 376. 376. Yeah. Now you're going to have loan fees, holding costs, fix up. So fix up plus holding right. costs plus loan fees. I don't know, say 
60 grand all in okay because mm -hmm. your property taxes your insurance all that stuff i believe that's pretty close to what what i remember me uh, them mentioning it was like 60 or 50 grand 56 okay 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 yeah. so three hundred sixteen thousand dollars. you if you sell this thing for 400 that you got for 250 it's possible mm -hmm. uh, uh now now you have a profit of 250 minus that so you've got a profit of 66 grand uh, and you're going to divide this by two since you're partners. So you're doing this for about 33 grand profit. So whatever money you're tying up, you're tying it up for 33 grand for whatever period of time. You get some video content out of it. Hey, yeah. look, your risk is relatively you, limited here. Right. But, you know, hey, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you'll Kevin's never like 33 grand in three months. What kind of peasant crap is this? <laughs> two two oh, things. No, no. Well, yeah, six months. <laughs> Kevin, four months, and that's and that's assuming you get four hundred. The house might sell for you know if the, if, if the house sells for three seventy, uh, your profit drops from thirty three down to sixteen. Before Dang, you, guys just, you guys are just haters. You're not trusting me. <laughs> listen, 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 Andre. Two important things you have to consider. Okay, I'm not the yeah. real estate man, man, but you got to consider these two things. The first is. You have to consider the stress it could potentially add to you. Yeah. And you know, that is that is that is you know something that matters, right? The stress. The second thing to consider is tattooed chef stock. Take us home, Graham. <laughs> hey, 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 That's hey, scary. hey. <laughs> the stress Andre, is yeah. as bad considering it's only like 20 grand. It's not like I'm not putting in my entire net worth. In Here's what I would do. And and well, before we sign up, we got, we got to talk about this. I think we should all partner on an apartment complex. <laughs> That's what I think. We each go in 25% each, every one of us. And uh, that's that's what I would like to do. For anyone listening, the advice is just buy a $5 million apartment complex. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> you could call it uh, the apartment complex could be like millennial something, millennial apartments or something like that would be fun. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much. For oh, oh su subscribe. Subscribe. You got to subscribe really quick. It's totally free. We post once a week. Hit the button. It'll take you a split second. If you've done that already, hit the notification bell. And if you've even done that, go and hit the like button. Or at least just hit the like button. Just do that. Also, we have the Millennial Money Clips channel. We got to get better, by the way, about talking about that in the beginning of the video. We got the Clips channel. We post twice a day, just little highlights throughout the week. So if you're if, you, if in the event you ever miss an episode like this, go to the Clips channel. You get all the best stuff there. We also have other links down below in the description. Jeremy, you want to tell us about those other links? Yes, for a limited time, can you can get two free stocks valued up to $2,300 from the Weeble. And go ahead and take advantage of that. You might get a Tesla stock. You might get a Tattooed Chef stock or Corsair Gaming or Graham's favorite, that concrete company that I can't remember the name of. USCR. USCR. And uh, with that being said, thanks so much for joining us, Graham. <laughs> Close it And <laughs> until next time, guys, see ya. Haters. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.